Hey, hey, y'all. It's me, Robin. And just real quick before we get to today's episode, if you are loving listening to the podcast, or maybe you don't know because you've just pressed play for the first time ever, but if you like to listen to things in your earbuds, you are going to be so happy to know that Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors is now released as an audiobook. You can get it in Audible or wherever else you get your audiobooks. And of course, you can still get it in print and ebook. If you go to robingobel.com slash book, it's going to give you all the options, including that you could order a signed copy from my local bookstore. Alrighty, y'all. Here's that podcast episode you're waiting for. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another bonus episode of the Parenting After Trauma podcast. It's me. I'm your host, Robin Goble. And throughout the month of February, we have been doing these extra bonus Q&A episodes that I've been airing on Fridays. This is technically the last one, though... I am considering keeping this series going because the response has been so positive. So if you have an opinion on that, if you want me to keep this series going, drop me and my team an email um, and let us know. Okay, so here's today's question. It reads, my four-year-old is relentless in their demand for attention, constant attention. But especially when I'm doing something like checking a text message, watching something on my phone, or talking to someone else, even if that person is just their dad. If I don't pay attention immediately, they totally freak out. How do I get this under control? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I totally remember this stage and first, I just want to normalize not only just this behavior is pretty typical, normal four-year-old behavior, but I want to normalize your reaction to it. It makes a lot of sense to have these kind of feelings of intensity or overwhelm or um, like if it was me, I think the, the words in my head would sound something like, oh my gosh, why can't you just play by yourself for five minutes or do you need constant attention or like, Oh, is this, if I give you constant attention, are you going to need constant attention forever? So I'm not saying that this is what that, this person who writes in is thinking any of those things, but when I remember that stage and I even just think of that sensation that comes up when I feel like somebody's just clinging for attention. Those are some of the words and thoughts and sensations that can come up in my own mind and my own body. So I really want to just normalize that not everybody feels that way, but a lot of people do. And you're not a bad parent for feeling that way. Now, let's look at it from your kid's perspective. It is, without question, completely normal. Now, maybe this intensity is something we can look at, but the general behavior of becoming distressed when the connection diminishes, that's totally normal. It's completely just about being human. The lack of connection, even just energetic connection, doesn't have to be physical connection, but it's the energetic connection. Like somebody stops paying attention to me, they turn their attention to something else, is experienced by our own nervous systems as a cue of danger. We are searching for and longing for and have the expectation of connection with others that Bonnie Badenoch would say contains presence, 
contact, reflection, responsiveness, and delight. That's the flavor of connection that we're looking for. And we need connection in order to experience safety. So lack of connection is a cue of danger. When you are physically present with your child, that, of course, helps with the physical sense of safety. But we all also really need a sense of emotional presence. And some kids, some humans, are very sensitive to the loss, even momentarily, of emotional presence and connection, even the loss of connection that comes from shifting your attention, you know, for 10 seconds because your phone dinged and you went to look at the notification and the text message that you just got. You're not doing anything wrong necessarily by checking that text message. And that can be true. It can be totally true that you're not doing anything wrong and your child will still experience that loss of connection as a cue of danger. Now, especially if there is any history of abuse, neglect, caregiver loss, kind of chronic misattunement, there is very likely going to be a sensitivity, an intensity to the response to that loss of emotional presence. And and sometimes even the most well-meaning caregivers find themselves in situations like medical challenges in the child, right? And the child is um, in a lot of distress or a lot of physical pain and is kind of often crying out for co-regulation and often kind of crying out for their parents to alleviate their distress, but they can't, right? It's beyond their parents' capability, right? And so sometimes circumstances like that even can contribute to kids developing infants and babies not getting as much attunement as they really need. So think about it like this. When babies are born, their felt sense of just existing in the world is dependent upon really feeling basically totally merged with their caregiver. They don't develop a sense of differentiation between them and their caregiver for for a couple months, right? Babies feel as though they are the one with their caregiver. And of course, from, you know, the moment of birth, ruptures, disconnects, times when the baby doesn't feel merged with their caregiver are uh, completely inevitable. And that's not bad. When those ruptures are quickly repaired, the baby learns slowly, slowly, slowly over time, something like, Oh, basically the word sounds something like, oh, I can exist and be safe even when me and my caregiver aren't merged. Okay. This is an experience that happens inside a relationship where the stress is noticed and repaired and attuned to. So there's these inevitable ruptures, but there's also a lot of inevitable repairs. And eventually that develops into children having their own solid sense of self and who they are. And I can be okay even when I'm not feeling completely merged with or have complete 100% connection and attention from my caregiver. 
So it's true that all people experience lack of connection as a cue of danger. And then vulnerability in the nervous system can lead to that lack of connection, feeling something intense, like I don't exist. Okay. It can also potentially lead to a lack of feeling safe that they're going to be okay again, right? There's this sense of like, I'm not ever going to feel okay ever again, right? That the feeling of the lack of connection is never, ever, ever going to go away. This now starts to remind us of what I talked about in the podcast where we talked about being a bottomless pit, right? And what it feels like to care for a child who has that sensation of like, like the leaky bucket syndrome, right? Like all the love we pour in just kind of falls out. So I encourage you to go and check out that episode. I'll uh, link it in the show notes. There are tons of strategies and scripts in that episode. You also might want to Google the still face experiment. And I will warn you that the still face experiment can feel pretty triggering. It can feel pretty distressing um, because we'll watch, you'll watch a baby cry and not be soothed for a length of time that feels uncomfortable. But in the still face experiment, you can see how quickly an infant experiences pretty severe distress when they have a caregiver who is physically present, but emotionally absent. I mean, it happens happens like instantaneously and escalates really quickly. And I think sometimes seeing that in that setting, it's a laboratory experiment. And eventually the mother does soothe the caregiver or soothe the baby. Uh, So just know that we don't leave the baby crying forever. Um, But it happens in this laboratory setting, and sometimes seeing this happen in that kind of a setting can be really helpful for putting into perspective why the lack of connection when we just simply respond to a text message or pick up our telephone or start talking to our spouse, like why that can be so distressing for your child. So what do you do from here? How do we help support your child? Because without question, our we want to support our kids' development where they can be okay without having constant connection from someone else. Because it's not possible to have constant connection from someone else, first of all. But also, we all need, in order to develop a really healthy sense of self, to feel okay just by ourselves, right? This is a really important piece of human development. So the most important thing that you can do in your child is freaking out because you have not been paying attention to them constantly is to stay in your own owl brain, right? So your child starts freaking out. The first thing I want you to do is just take a breath. Notice what comes up for you. Are you feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get a break. Like this child will never be okay, Or I'm raising a kid who's demanding and spoiled, right? Notice those fears. Don't judge them. Soothe those fears first. Offer yourself a lot of self-compassion. Then you can stay in your owl brain and offer some co-regulation to your child, which doesn't necessarily mean like giving in, you know, but offering co-regulation. And we can actually scaffold 
the amount of time that your child experiences disconnection. And, and this happens pretty naturally as kids grow older, but we can do it with a lot of deliberateness. So I'm going to refer you again back to that bottomless pit episode, lots of practical tips and scripts. And that's what actually one of my most popular episodes. And I think one of the reasons is because it does give a lot of very practical tips and scripts, as well as it just being a very common challenge in my listeners as well as check out the scaffolding episode. I don't think I specifically address scaffolding a child's ability to feel safe while also feeling disconnected, but I think you can probably extrapolate some ideas from that scaffolding episode about how you could turn this experience with your child and their you know lack of tolerance for feeling disconnected how you could work to scaffold that. This is also something we talk about inside the club a lot. Like we talk so much in the club, I'd say that's probably the vast majority of what happens in the forum is taking the the theory, right? Taking what y'all are learning in the podcast or what I'm teaching in the, in the master classes inside the club, taking all the information and then making it very useful and practical in your own very specific situation. So that might be a resource that feels like it could be helpful for you if you find yourself needing support with that specifically, taking the theory and making it practical and come alive in your very specific situation. All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in for another Friday Q&A session. Again, if you um, have been enjoying this series throughout the month of February, just send us an email. Um, It looks like y'all are enjoying it. They're getting a lot of listens. And I think they're really fun. I actually really love doing Q&A kinds of things. Um, I've started doing that a little bit more in the club as well. I just really enjoy this format. So let us know if you're enjoying them and we may be able to figure out how to keep going with them even after February is over. All right, y'all, I'll catch you next week with our regular Tuesday weekly episode. Bye-bye. Are you ending this episode with maybe a big sigh of relief? Like, yes, finally, someone gets me and my kids. But also maybe a sense of like, okay, but now what? All right, y'all, I've got lots of possible now what's. If you want to connect with me directly, like pick my brain, have access to me almost every day, not to mention hundreds of other parents from around the world who totally get what it's like to be you, then you're going to want to join us in the club. We have monthly live events including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members. That's robingobel.com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course 
that follows raising kids with big baffling behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you, then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash being with, read all about it. And if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too. Now, if you just maybe need a little extra connection and co-regulation, but don't feel like you need to join the club, then you can just keep listening to my podcast. Or you could go subscribe to my Start Here podcast, and that'll give you 10 episodes in order that will take you through cultivating a great foundation of parenting with regulation, connection, and felt safety. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. You have to go there. You can't just find it in your podcast app. Or you can get yourself a copy of Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, paper book, audio book, ebook. You can get that anywhere books are sold. Or you can just head to my website download one of my very many free resources. I keep them all really easy to access at robingobel.com slash free resources. Webinars, masterclasses, eBooks, infographics, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. See what of those things could be supportive of you or maybe to the other adults in your life who are helping support you and your child. There are just so many ways that you and I could be more connected and you can get the amount of co-regulation and support that you need. If it feels like a lot to remember, all you have to do is go to robingobel.com and take your time clicking around, seeing what I got there. I am so, so glad you and I are connected now and I can't wait to be with you again soon in our next episode of The Baffling Behavior Show. Bye-bye, y'all.